What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos Snap. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming back and joining me one more again uh, on After the Snap. And if this is your first time with me, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the family. Stick around. Take your coat off. Put your feet up. Hang out with us. We're going to today be talking about uh, the fourth and final installment of the Star Trek Short Trek series. And it is entitled The Escape Artist. Um, This episode was 16 minutes long, hence the title Short Trek. These minisodes are intended to whet your palate for the second season of Star Trek Discovery, which starts on January 17th, only on CBS All Access. That's right. The, The Escape Artist is directed by Rain Wilson and features a fan favorite character, Harry Mudd, also played by Wilson. And as of this recording, this episode is uh, rated 9 out of 10 on IMDb. How many real Trekkies are out there? Where my real Trekkies at? Over here, over here, right here, right here, over here, over here. So, if you're a real Trekkie, then you know that in the original series, there were two episodes that featured Harry Mudd. And uh, he caught on like gangbusters people loved the character in fact they loved the character so much that they were going to make a series surrounding this character and then something happened and the rug got pulled out in fact you know believe it or not if you're not a trekkie believe it or not while uh the original run of the original series of star trek it the reception wasn't that great there's a lot of reasons for this and uh, I'm, I'm not going to go into all of them, but just know that this, uh, it was like the height of the civil rights movement. You guys know I was going to have to take it there, but it was the height of the civil rights movement here in the U.S. And um, this is one of the few TV shows that had an integrated cast. And by integrated, I mean, there was one female African-American actress who uh, prominently played in the original series. And uh, that was Yuhura. And she was played by Nichelle Nick. At the time, her role was considered uh, so important to the, uh, the cause of the civil rights movement that Martin Luther King himself contacted Nichelle Nichols, told her how very important it was for his girls to continue to see her on the the bridge of Star Trek because at one point she was going to quit. Uh, She was being treated so badly by the studios that that she was going to quit. And Martin Luther King had to talk her off of that. And uh, he did. And she continued on and she lasted the entire three season run of the original series. But that was just a little uh, that's just a little bit of trivia that goes along with talking about Star Trek from time to time, especially since I've got a few minutes to to burn here today. 
Um, but yes, Harry Mudd was a very well-received character on the original series. But the original series itself was just, it was the right show at the wrong time. And you can see how um, how much it's caught on over the years. It is a cult favorite. It has spawned several spinoffs. So um, at the time, it, it just, it was too soon. It was just too soon for a Star Trek in its original run. But we did get some great characters. We did get some great um, species, alien species out of it. And they, they carried on over into the newer series but yes Harry Mudd was one of those characters and he uh last season in the first season of Discovery he was featured in I believe it was two episodes of uh Discovery as well might have been three I could be wrong but it was at least two and uh, those happen to be some great episodes as well that I mean the the episodes that featured Harry Mudd were uh light and funny except for one one of them was a little heavy but <laughs> but most of them the other ones are were light and funny and um we were reintroduced to a very popular character mud is being transported uh to the federation who apparently will pay big latinum to bring him to justice for high crimes and i mean a lot of high crimes uh, he has been charged with 30 counts of smuggling, 20 counts of attempted murder, one count of attempted regicide, transportation of stolen goods, and one count of penetrating a space well. You heard me. Penetrating a space well. And you will just have to watch season one of Discovery to know exactly how that whole thing played out during transport we witness vintage mud as he tries to slick talk his way out of the situation he's found himself in so now this tellerite is no stranger to mud's tactics he knows his mo so even as he denies that he's blowing smoke the tellerite is like i know you're blowing smoke and then we see uh scenes of mud being held in similar situations by other alien races so we know for certain that he was hold, held by the Orions. There was another alien race that he was held by that I was not familiar with. And the Klingons. We saw him being held by the Discovery Klingons. So, um, yeah, he's been caught and he's been in this situation quite a few times. So, and in all those situations... He's trying to use the same lines that he's using on crit and he's not having any success with them either. So that, that lends the question like right there in that moment, because we saw him with these at least three different hostile races holding him hostage. He's bond, he, he's bound. He's, he's caught. It's a whole gotcha moment. We see him in those moments and, and you have to wonder in those moments, how is Mud even still alive? Because in uh, the first season of Discovery, when we see him being held by the Klingons, he was also held by two of the uh, Discovery crew people, uh, actually the captain of the Discovery, Captain Lorca, and the chief of security, 
uh, Tyler Ash. No, I'm sorry, Ash Tyler. <laughs> so Ash Tyler and uh, Commander and, and Captain Lorca, when they left the ship, they left him for dead. They left Mud behind for the Klingons to kill. So how is he still alive? Because we know the Klingons would love to do nothing more at this time, during a time when the Federation and the Klingons were at war. They would do nothing. They would like nothing more than to kill a member of the Federation or a human for that matter. And uh, Harry Mudd is not technically a member of Starfleet or anything. He's a smuggler. He's a thief. He's a con man, but he's a human. And that would send a very uh, big message. So it was kind of a crazy moment in Discovery when uh, Lorca and Tyler left him anyway, because it's like, that's not very Starfleet. And if you watch season one of Discovery, you will know exactly why that was, why they left him. But beside the point, I, I'm not trying to sell you guys CBS All Access. I just want to make sure I have somebody to discuss uh, the show with this season. So if somebody else is watching it, then I know that I have somebody to talk to. If not, then you guys probably won't be very invested in this episode now, will you? But I'm hoping, I'm banking that somebody out there is watching CBS All Access Star Trek Discovery and they also watch the short treks. So anyway, picking back up where I left off, finally, Crit meets with the Federation starship DeMilo and he requests to be beamed over. Uh, he and Mud are transported over and Crit is now expecting payment. In fact, he wants to know if he's going to get paid in little bitty bars or if he's going to get paid in one big lump sum of latinum. Unfortunately, um, he's being, instead of being paid, he's being led to a holding cell where half a dozen muds are being detained. See, it turns out that his prisoner is an android replica of Harry Mud, as are the other versions that are being detained by the Federation. And this scam has been played out numerous times recently by racists believing that the Federation had a bounty on Mud's head. So we are to assume, I'm supposing, that every iteration of Mud, every scene that we saw him in was a different android replica of Mud. And, and, and really, in the, uh, the actual episode... It's hilarious once you come to the conclusion that that this is what Harry Mudd, this is the con that he pulled off. And we cut to another alien vessel where we see a litany of mud replicas performing various duties and serving the female alien who delivered android mud to the Tellarite in the first place. After a couple of seconds, we learn this female alien, that's a that's a facade. She unmasks herself to be none other than Harry Mudd. So he's finalizing another deal with yet another race to deliver himself to them at a price lower than what they expect to be paid by the Federation. And he also asks if they'd be interested in a slightly used cudgel. And that's the callback to uh, the Tellarite saying that he stole a cudgel from his family and it was a family heirloom. During that time, in the very beginning, he acted as if he didn't even know what a cudgel was. And now at the end, we find out, yep, Harry Mudd can't be trusted. Every word that comes out of his mouth is a lie. 
And he even he lied then about knowing uh, what a cudgel was and about having it. And uh, he's once again running a scam on another hostile alien race, which also lets us know that there are a lot of people who would love to do nothing more than uh, turn Harry Mudd over to face justice. But nobody, nobody wants to kill him. <laughs> That's amazing. As I uh, think back over this episode, I truly enjoyed it. I loved it. In fact, uh, I think this is my favorite of the four uh, Star Trek Short Trek episodes that came out this season. This is my favorite. And in case you're interested, I'm going to rank it on my regular one to five scale. And this one gets a 4.5 from me. So this is like, honestly... One of my favorite episodes of the Short Trek series, uh, followed by Calypso. So Calypso and, uh, and the Escape Artists are like right neck and neck to me because they were both very well done, very good uh, episodes. The Tilly episode kind of fell a little flat to me in areas. And that's one that I didn't uh, review on the show or recap, rather on the show because it premiered before I started after the snap. So um, that's one that did not get the same treatment as the other three. The Saru episode, it, it kind of did something to me emotionally. I did not, I didn't not like uh, that episode, but uh, I'm still trying to figure out why that episode made me so sad <laughs> and uh it should have been a hopeful episode but it kind of it kind of hit me in a different way and that's why that episode was not a bad episode it just did not resonate with me in a um enjoyable way i i felt some kind of way <laughs> after uh watching that episode but these two, uh, Calypso and the Escape Artist, absolutely loved them. Both of them were, were, were ranked very highly by me. I, I enjoyed both of those episodes. Now, 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 I've also, on, on little known uh, or little subscribed to streaming services, I also got the opportunity, because I've been talking about it, I got the opportunity to watch the first three episodes of Young Justice Outsiders, and that one is on DC Universe, which is a relatively new streaming service, and it is all the DC characters, comics, properties, you name it. If it's DC, you're going to find it over there. After five years, we were finally blessed with these new episodes of Young Justice that the fans demanded, and um, DC delivered. We got our third season of Young Justice. It debuted on January 4th. Um, we're going to get, we, we started with three episodes. We're going to get three every week until January 18th. Then on the 25th, we'll get four. And that will be the mid-season finale. There's going to be 26 episodes total. And the second half of the season is going to pick up in June. So just for a quick run through i'm not going to really uh dive real deep into young justice because i still haven't done titans and titans season is over 
So I need to give you guys an in-depth recap of Titans, but I'm going to give you an introduction, a proper introduction to Young Justice Outsiders. This is my first impression. It picks up uh, two years after the events of season two. Before I go any further, <clears throat> I think I should let you know that there will be possible spoilers. I'm not going to spoil the entire thing, but if you are not interested in hearing anything that becomes remotely close to a spoiler for season three of the uh, Young Justice Outsiders, this is where you make your exit. You're going to fast forward at least uh, 15 minutes. As a matter of fact, look in the show notes and I'll tell you where to pick back up. Okay. All right. So back, back, give them an opportunity to exit stage left. We saw uh, quite a few changes in the first three episodes. A lot of the characters have really matured. That is one of the things that I enjoyed most about uh, Young Justice is that the characters just didn't remain the same age forever. So uh, the Dick Grayson, when, when we first started seeing him, he was probably 13, 14 years old. Now we're looking at an almost 20-year-old or something, uh, Dick Grayson. He's, he's grown. He, he has, they're growing up. They're not staying little kids. Like a lot of animated features keep their characters the same age throughout the run of the show, not Young Justice. So these characters have really matured, and I could really see it. In one character that it was just stood out was Static, Static Shock, because I I think I had just mentioned him a few days ago on a, another episode, and I looked at him and I was like, look at him, he's grown up. But anyway, <laughs> that's not all. the The maturity didn't just stop with the uh, character, because we saw more complex and more mature storylines as well. So they let us know right out the gate, this isn't broadcast TV, so the gloves have come off. We see the Justice League coming apart at the seams. Batman ambushed a meeting. Uh, a popular couple is taking a big step. And some James Bond-level espionage is taking place. Um, we've, we saw, as rumored, Aqualad be promoted to Aquaman. And he's now co-leader of the uh, Justice League alongside Wonder Woman. The League is still facing public scrutiny because of the situation with the Reach back in Season 2. Plus, Black Lightning accidentally killed a metahuman teen teenager who was transformed into a tar monster while on a routine mission on a planet called Ran. The United Nations, uh, now featuring delegates from Themyscira and Atlantis, is currently led by Lex Luthor. So under his leadership, the United Nations is increasingly critical of the Justice League. And it's also making it difficult for the heroes to carry out missions, including any humanitarian effort. Well, after Aquaman uh, calls an emergency meeting of the Justice League, Batman drops his bombshell. Uh, they wanted to just discuss the epidemic of metahuman trafficking, but Batman expressed that he's tired of having his hands tied by the UN, so he's going rogue, and he promptly resigns. And you can tell that this was an orchestrated maneuver on Batman's part because following his lead are Green Arrow, Plastic Man, Batwoman, Hardware, and Katana. 
And then Batman goes over to the Young Justice side of things and says, it's time. And when he said, it's time, Robin, Arrow, and spoiler, left as well. So you know that if they knew to, to just bounce when he said, it's time, he planned this long time ago. He, he Like I said, he ambushed Aquaman. Black Lightning also resigned, but he had other reasons, and his reasons were stemming from the trauma he endured after the incident on Ran. This big tar monster is coming at him. He shocked him with some lightning, and it wasn't a shock. It was a shock to uh, destabilize the monster, but not kill it. But this monster died, and as they used like their little tricorder, I call it a tricorder because that's Star Trek talk but i don't know what they called what they used to uh measure the life signs and detect the dna of this individual but they they used the device and were able to detect that this was a young 14 year old female girl from earth who had been transformed into this monster and he is traumatized because if you watch the Black Lightning show, if you've read any of the Black, Black Lightning comics, you know that he has daughters. And the last thing that he'd want to do is kill a child. And in the meantime, Nightwing, who left the team after Wally West's death two years ago, is doing solo missions to take down known metahuman trafficking rings. Now, the next mission requires a team, so he recruits Tigress, Superboy, and Black Lightning to assist. So now we got out outsiders is set up. I'm not going to spoil any more of it. I spoiled quite a bit, but I will give you one more piece of the puzzle. When uh, Nightwing and his crew are in a place called Markovia and they're doing their uh, stealth missions, we see a mother box. And anybody who's a DC fan knows that a mother box is apocalypse tech. And apocalypse tech probably means we're going to see dark side. Yes. <laughs> so how exciting is that? That not only um, are they paying off on what they hinted at in season two, which we haven't seen in so many years, but they're paying off on that. And nine times out of 10, we're going to get it this season. And I'd also, I'm very, very interested in knowing how they progress the Batman arc because there is a line of comic books that was called uh, Batman Outsiders. Yes. And he assembled a group and they started working outside of the league and pretty much outside of the law because uh, it got to the point where the they were being stifled and stymied so much by doing things the right way above board, so to speak, that uh, they were being stymied so much that it was better. They were more effective when they went underground. In fact, Batman said in Young Justice, when they had the roundtable discussion with the entire uh, Justice League, Batman said the League has outlived its usefulness. And that is a quote from him. And uh, him saying that lets me know that he's ready to, to uh, by any means necessary, get jobs done he says if the united nations is in his way then they'll go around them they're not going through the united nations anymore they're going around them and and you know lex luthor is he, he lives 
to make problems for the league. So, of course, he's not trying to do anything for the greater good. He's just doing it to really fuck with the league. And I made it this far without cussing. And here we are. Here we are. I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to carry on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we see the mother boxes. We know we're getting dark side. And I wonder to myself, because these plots, when, when I tell you they're amazing for Young Justice, they are amazing. We get a little more violence in this iteration because it is not on broadcast TV. But um, the violence is very well placed. So it's not like just randomly going around slashing people's heads. It's it's really, oh, it, it moves the story along. But I wonder why a lot of the movies don't just take elements from these uh, these cartoons. The writers and the animators are doing one heck of a job. I promise you, if you have the opportunity, just get just get DC Universe, get it. Titans alone is worth it, but Young Justice is like, this is an awesome, awesome beginning, and I can't wait for the next three episodes. So, I talked a little Trek, I talked a little DC, now I'm going to give you a little Marvel, just a little tiny bit. So yes, our uh, Marvel discussion is going to come in the form of a new theory. Now, if you don't want to accidentally learn the plot of Avengers Endgame, you can do just like our friends did for Young Justice. You can exit right now. Gonna give you a couple seconds to leave the room. Shut the door behind you. Hey, bring me a cold bottle of water when you come back. Thank you very much. Okay, so I'm gonna suppose that everybody that's still here wants to know what this possible leaked plot synopsis is reading and the thing is uh could be right could be wrong the user the person who uh who posted this on reddit says that they worked on the uh video effects for, or i'm sorry on the vfx for the film so we're gonna jump right into it i'm gonna read it it's quite a bit but i'm gonna read it all and and then i'm gonna talk about it for a second and whatever doesn't make sense about it, you hold on to your questions because I might I might address those as I'm going through this. So it says, this may not be real, but it sounds interesting. The user claims they worked on the VFX for the film. The first 15 minutes is just scenes from the trailer. Afterwards, Doctor Strange shows up unexpectedly because he can time travel. That means he could leave Titan and be back in time to give the 14 million line. He travels around the multiverse to find the right reality where they win and tells them what to do. Tony dies in space, but it's a red herring. He'll be back through stone manipulation. Scott introduces an alternate Tony to the quantum realm, and that lets them travel between reality, finding stones and changing events enough to turn the tide. Captain Marvel shows up to find S.H.I.E.L.D. and Fury gone, but Tony in his place. Tony tells her he needs to be saved in the past, and they send her back to rescue him from space. Eventually, they get what they need and find Thanos in New York City instead of uh, just sending the Shatari. It's the Battle of NYC, 
but this time the Avengers are more advanced and have knowledge of the future. The I'm always angry part is replaced by Widow getting nearly killed and spurring Bruce to change into Professor Hulk. At one point, Tony unleashes a new weapon, Ultron, uh, a new weapon, Ultron on Thanos. Ultron is a good guy, but is more like a drone than autonomous. He fills the role of Vision, who hasn't been created yet. We get a long shot of everyone fighting Thanos and Ishitori. Past Thor activates his Odin Force shit, like in Ragnarok. Curse word's theirs. I'm trying so hard. Curse word is theirs. Remember, this is the past, but an alternate past, where Strange helped them become more advanced. So anything past Avengers 1 is retconned. Tony gets nanotech earlier. Scott brings Pym particles in before the Battle of New York. Thor gets Odin Force before Ragnarok. Hulk stops being angry, etc. They beat the shit out of Thanos, but future Thanos shows up and gives himself the gauntlet. Before he can use it, the Watchers show up and mention how they've been watching events unfold and can't let this fight continue. They take the stones and banish Thanos to some anti-reality hell. They leave and the Avengers are left in 2012 to fix things. The snap future never happened, but the new present changes to allow all the heroes back. Wakanda comes out of hiding much earlier. T'Chaka lives to pass on Black Panther to his son instead of dying at the UN. Thor goes back to Asgard to prevent Hela and Ragnarok for good. He becomes king and retires from super superheroing. Loki is still alive, of course. Tony dies, mirroring his sacrifice in Avengers 1. He does one of those augmented reality simulation things from Civil War to say goodbye to Pepper. He gives his tech labs and research to Peter Parker. Cap dies almost at the same time as Tony. They both work together and suffer fatal wounds together. It completes their rivalry arc. Cap's shield shows up at a VA hospital in DC addressed to Falcon. The last bit is the new Avengers assembling, kind of like the end of Ultron. After credits is the Avengers talking about the Watchers, and one of them wonders out loud about who was above the Watchers. Oh, I'm sorry, cut to Stan Lee's last cameo. Uh, the second after credits is news reports about mutations rising among populations all over the world due to the stones messing with reality on Earth. Now that wraps the, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the leaked plot. And there are aspects of this that... I feel like is very uh, plausible. I feel like a lot of this could happen, but it's always interesting to me when a person who says, oh, I worked on the film, and then they tell you the first 15 minutes of the movies is just scenes from the trailer. Those, those scenes weren't cohesive. So the scenes from the trailer appear to have come from different parts of the movie. So how would the first 15 minutes of this movie just be comprised of what was in the trailer. That's where the credibility starts getting muddy. A lot of it sounds good. It sounds like something that a, a person put an awful lot of thought in into. But that 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 first fifteen minutes is just scenes from the trailer. That line alone just tells me that they don't want to be wrong. 
So they have to fit that trailer in somewhere. You get what I mean? Like I said, you can tell me what you think of this uh, quote unquote leaked plot and uh, let me know. You can let me know via email. You can do that at afterthesnap at gmail.com or you can catch up with me on social media. After the snap on Facebook, join the face group, Facebook group Snap Survivors. That's where a lot goes down. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Snap After. You can find me on Instagram at After the Snap 2018. Um, and like I said, good old fashioned email. It is uh, After the Snap at gmail.com. If you want to leave me a voicemail, you can do that at 832 426 3835. That is the Snap line. You can call it anytime you'd like, 832-426-3835. I forget I have that number so so often because it does not get used, but I'm going to leave it active. So if you feel like you want to add something uh, about this episode, Short Treks, Young Justice, and especially the Endgame Theory, that is all the ways that you can catch up with me. Now, if you would like to support the channel, if you would like to contribute uh, financially to keeping us afloat, to helping curtail the cost of production, to uh, sending me to the movies every now and then. If you'd like to do that, you can head over to patreon.com slash after the snap. We have tiers starting as low as $1 per month and up to $20 per month. You can, you can pledge whatever you can afford. If you would like to make a one-time donation to After the Snap, you can do that at paypal.me slash After the Snap. Um, anything you, anything you want to give, we, we'll be happy to have it. We appreciate it very much. It is going to go, definitely go towards uh, making the show a little better for you. And I think I've covered it all. I've run the entire gamut of things that I had to say, except... There is one more thing. Friday's episode is going to be a continuation of our MCU watch party that is leading up to Avengers Endgame. That episode is going to cover Thor, the Dark World. And our everything is lining up so great, like the stars are really aligning for this podcast. I'm saying that I told you all that I'm going to celebrate my 175th day as a podcaster and that just happens to land on april 26th uh 2019 this year then one of the biggest movies most anticipated anticipated movies of 2019 2019 will happen to be dropping on the same day then our watch party is the lead up is it's just lining up it almost nearly exactly will be done with our watch party we'll we'll have watched infinity war captain marvel even before endgame picks up which means we'll even have an episode probably to just take a deep breath and really really geek out over uh endgame and what it's going to mean for the mcu also this podcast again like i say the stars have aligned because dc is giving us stuff to talk about DC Universe is phenomenal. Um, the success of Aquaman is uh, still big news throughout the comic book universe. Throughout, in fact, the multiverse is heading towards a billion dollars. And even though I had my issues with the movie, 
it is it swims on so I'm, I'm very happy about that and um, then I got you guys boy the stars just aligned I got some of the best listeners a great core group of listeners um, the only thing I need you guys to do is interact with me so I'll stop feeling like I'm talking to myself but even that even that is going to get better I believe this year I thank you so so much for listening to one more episode of After the Snap and since I have nothing else to share with you today I'll catch you on the flip <laughs>